Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's another episode of Pastors of Pain. I'm Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. My usual co-host is Father Kerry Wakulich. He's not here, and there is much rejoicing. Uh, he is uh, out of town. Uh, he's just back from the uh, SEEK 2019 conference, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, and then is out away for, for a little R&R. So I'm here not by myself, though. Thanks be to God for all of you. I am joined by, we're making a little history here, for the first time ever, <laughs> women on the Pastors of Pain. It's so exciting. So I'm joined by Amanda George and Leanne Richardson, who are focus missionaries on the campus of Oklahoma State <laughs> University. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Say hello. Uh, Leanne, you go first. Hello, everyone. Well, like Father said, my name is Leanne Richardson. I'm from the great state of Texas. Woo! From San Antonio, Texas. Giddy up. I went to Texas State University, graduated in 2017 with a degree in psychology, and here I am at Oklahoma State University in my second year as a focus missionary. Go Pokes. <laughs> Amanda? Hello, everyone. I'm Amanda George. I am in my third year here at Oklahoma State. Go Pokes. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I graduated in 2016 from Missouri State. I'm happy to be here. Nice, nice. Okay, so we've, uh, uh, there was a time over Thanksgiving, I was gone. And so Father Kerry had some of the focus. Uh, Blake was on and Stephen was on. Why are you better than them? Why are we not? Yes, exactly. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So we thought we'd even it out a little bit, you know, uh, because women are better than men. We thought we'd, you know, make it. For sure. Yes, amen. So Pastors of Pain, if you're just joining us, uh, we uh, were on the radio every Sunday morning on 94.3 here in Stillwater, Oklahoma. 9.30 9.30s on Sundays. We're on the Oklahoma Catholic Broadcasting Network across the state of Oklahoma on Wednesdays at 3.30. And then we got a little, this little podcast that where this all goes out over iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. Okay, uh, what, is, what is focus? Father Kerry and I have kind of talked about focus on and off, but give us, like, from your angle, what focus, it stands for what, it is what. Go. Amanda. I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> okay, so FOCUS is a fellowship of Catholic University students. And so we're an organization that started in 1998. We're at over 150 campuses now. We've gone international. That's amazing. Yeah, it's truly amazing. Um, and so our job, our title is Campus Missionaries. And so they send us out in teams to different campuses um, to be reaching students in like the most transformative part of their lives. So this is a time when they're sent off on their own. They have to choose their faith on their own. No one's forcing them to go to church. Yeah. And a lot of people bail out. Right. Exactly. Yes. I know. I I know who you are out there listening. (laughs) I know. I know you stopped going to church in college. It was me. Yeah. It was me. You did? (laughs) Yeah, I did. You did? Uh, Yeah. It was, uh, it was actually focused. It brought me back to my faith my junior year of college get out of here uh, yeah so you graduated from high school Mm -hmm, you went to missouri state i did and then you just stopped going to church well you know i always was a good kid i like to follow the rules so i went on sundays when it was convenient for me yes Um, yes always when it's convenient for us. right exactly but that didn't really say anything about the rest of the week and how i was living my life so uh, a student who was involved in focus actually invited me into their bible study and bam yeah and now you're in your third year as a missionary? Yep, sure am. 
Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, the, the role of focus is to invite these students into a relationship with Christ um, and his church, build them up and send them out to be missionary disciples. Bam. Yeah. Bam. Leanne, did you stop going to church in, co- in college? <laughs> Slightly. I went to college with one of my best friends, so we kind of clung together my first year. And I was kind of too scared to go out to make friends. In my second year, I was like, I need friends. I'm an extrovert. I need to be around people, and I need to have fun. Thanks be to God, I went to the church and the Catholic Student Center there, and I was like, okay, let's do this. I joined the Catholic sorority, and then through that was invited in a there are focus. Catholic sororities? Yes. Mu Epsilon Theta. Shout wow. out to my sisters. Dang. <laughs> um, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm learning. Um, We're learning new things here. So I was invited to a, a focus Bible study through that. My first Bible study I was invited to seek, and I went to seek that. What year was year? that? 2015 in Seek Nashville. 2015. All right. Yes. It was awesome. And after that, it just was an uphill from there, and I was involved with focus and here I am. Bam. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Okay. So we just, uh, uh, Father Kerry and you all and 150 or so OSU students just got back from Indianapolis. Uh, so the C conference is kind of this big, I don't know, how would you describe it? It's like a Catholic Disneyland. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's that is a perfect description. Who's who actually. of young hip Catholics? <laughs> yeah. So this year there is over seventeen thousand people in attendance. Um, so it's a college Catholic conference geared towards students, but anyone's invited. Old um, people can go. Yes, old. I think young. we're going to gear up a group, little group for. Is it two years from now? Yes. In Phoenix, I saw. Is that right? So, so next year is the Student Leadership Summit in Phoenix, but that is oh, where they teach man. you how to evangelize. I thought, of, oh, I thought Seek was going to be in Phoenix. <laughs> so SLS is in, is in Phoenix, but actually the Lifelong Mission Track is kind of a new thing for Focus, and they're yeah. reaching parishes all over. Reaching so old actually, people. you should bring St. Francis. In. I know I was going to, but it's on a week. It was on a weekend, so I was like, uh, yes, yes, I'm alone. I'm the only priest. Yeah, so I need another priest. We could leave Father Carey here. <laughs> we could leave Father Carey here, and then I'll just go. Yes, I don't trust him, though, to run the parish over a weekend. <laughs> it would burn it. down, <laughs> and that would be rough. Okay, so 17,000 college students all in one place. Uh, I know I was kind of watching it from afar. I followed sort of focus on Twitter, and then they did an unbelievable job. If you know people who's ever in charge of, like, the multimedia they just killed it yes. on the on like being able to watch yes. from afar. So like while adoration was going on, whatever that was, Saturday night, mm-hmm. I was just working at my desk and like kind of watching adoration and listening to the music. And anyway, it was so cool. It was so cool. Yeah. So give us, uh, I mean, what was your, you liked it, I presume? <laughs> yeah. So this was actually my fifth focus conference, my third seat conference. And every conference focus is just gets better they kill and better it. yes yeah. and they continue to strive for excellence in all that they do so this this year what my favorite part was the the way that they brought in the diversity of the church in all spectrums whether that means culturally um they in, inputted a lot of hispanic influence within yeah, it yeah there were some spanish talks spanish mm-hmm. language talks yes and, yeah which yeah just really spoke to my que heart bueno. yes see si, see si. Which really spoke to my heart being from the south side of San Antonio and growing up with Catholicism being rooted in my culture. It just brought me a lot of joy and a lot of peace. And also, like you said, within the media, I think it's really needed for our church to be, you know, 
have that platform and I think Focus did an amazing job yeah. with all of the the influencers that they had, whether, you know, influ- Catholic influencers from social media and different things like that. I think it was a beautiful way to give them a platform and have all of these students, all of these people who are there know that this is there for them um, outside of, of Seek and outside of, you know, the church and things like that. So I think that was really amazing what they did this year. I was talking to this mom uh, whose daughter went and she said, I won't name names, but she said, uh, my daughter like didn't didn't want to go like originally because she said like everybody everybody's going was like a big nerd. <laughs> and like she didn't know anybody and wasn't gonna, you know, that's a lot of time on a bus. I mean you go, you went on 15 hours on a bus to Indianapolis. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go cuz all these it's all these kind of church people, you know. Anyway, and I guess came back and was just loved it mm-hmm. and is that a you know, is that a, is that what happens? <laughs> I guess. Yes, it is. I definitely felt the same way when I first went online. I didn't know anybody, but by the time I came back, I had some of my best friends. So yeah, it definitely awesome. is a lie that the devil tries to put in people's heads that people who love Jesus are weird, but actually we're not weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually the exact we're a little, opposite. We're a little some weird, of us right? Are weird. We're a little weird. Some of us are we weird. have weird tendencies, but yes. I said not. that I was, we had at midnight mass. I was part of my homily at midnight mass on Christmas. Was like. Guys, aren't we like a little weird? Like, look at us. <laughs> it's like twelve thirty in the morning, and there's like five hundred people at this mm-hmm, church. Yeah. And what you know, we're a little. Anyway, we're a little. We're a little weird. <laughs> what would you say, Amanda? To so t- there's an OSU student listening or a college student out there listening, mm-hmm. and they're d- kind of ha- maybe have that mindset of like, ah, oh, it's not. That's a long time. It's expensive. That's far away. I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. You would say to them, I would "You're s- an idiot." Exactly. And that's it. You would punch (laughs) them in the face. Right. Yeah. That's how I normally handle things. Um, It's 100 (laughs) percent worth it. Yeah. So we I mean, we were on a bus for 15 hours. We left it. How many buses was that? There was three buses. Three buses. You know, you're jammed all in one bus. Um, Probably a lot of quality sleep happening. Yeah. No sleep at all for the entire time. (laughs) But also it's like, yeah, you have the rest of your life to do whatever you want. You sleep when you're dead. (laughs) Yeah. You can sleep when you're dead. Exactly. and yeah, we had a lot of students. We got to share testimonies on the bus from Seek when we were coming back. Um, and I heard from a lot of students who didn't want to go in the beginning, yep. uh, whether a missionary forced them to go or their mom forced them to go. Um, Good every, job, moms. Yeah. Thank you, moms. Honestly, you help us out a lot. Um, yeah, we had a lot of students who came up, told us they didn't want to go and their lives were completely changed by it. Um, and that... They didn't know anyone at St. John's. Uh, they didn't know anyone going to seek, and they're coming back, uh, learning what true friendship looks like, learning what true joy looks like, and encountering something that they never had before. Amen. So, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. What is your uh, What is your favorite thing about Stillwater? Go, Leanne. Boomer Lake. Oh, really? Yes. What do you like about <laughs> Boomer Lake? I love Boomer Lake. I it's nice to walk around. Yeah, yeah, and I love to just sit by the water. They have that little bench kind of out. Yes, and that's just the first thing that came to my mind because I passed it while coming here, and I said, "Oh, it, yeah, I you see it, it when you come into town, mm-hmm. kind of from yeah, at least and from, I, from I t- on the Tulsa place. side." Yeah. Wow. Okay, Amanda, what is your favorite thing about Stillwater? Um, actually, I was just talking to Leanne about this last night. I was really sad when I got sent to Stillwater because you don't have a Target. Um, <laughs> however, you don't have a Target. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a target. None we of us here that live here have a target. That is correct. It's really that is sad. Correct. 
However, I have come to love the small town feel of Stillwater. I'm from St. Louis, so there's suburbs everywhere, the big city. Um, it's just always busy, um, and I love getting to go places here and seeing people that I know, seeing people from St. Francis, um, and just getting to actually encounter people here in a real way because it's a little bit slower than it is at home. Yes. So, I love that. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm, n- I'm not really a cowgirl, but I do love the small You are town. now. I am now. I had no choice. Go Pokes. What, uh, since Father Carey's not here, we should talk about him behind his back. Absolutely. <laughs> what is the worst thing about Father Carey? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, well, don't answer that. I have an, I know enough things. What, uh, so you guys work with, what, what is it like? What is that? Tell us about the first time you met Father Carey. Go. Okay, I remember, I didn't meet him, but I remember my first You encounter. heard him. I saw him. I was at summer training my first year in Ave Maria, Florida, and I look out of my dorm window and I see a priest wearing chacos, grilling pineapples outside of my <laughs> yes! dorm. Yes, And I said, who classic. is that? And then a few, six he months later, to grill. he was mm-hmm. my priest, so mm-hmm. yeah. Grilling <laughs> pineapples, <laughs> Father Kerry. What is wow, Amanda? When did you when did you first encounter um, the 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 uh, Saint Kerry of Tulsa? Yeah, I him? actually really can't remember the first time that I met him, you but I do it have out. I did I blocked yeah, it out, but yeah. I do have a story that will illustrate exactly what it's like working for Father Kerry. Uh, he likes to teach us lessons by doing Always. things with us. So yes. he likes free labor. So we pull weeds for him, do different things, and he makes it into a spiritual analogy. <laughs> One day, last year, he puts the rest of my team in one car, and I'm in his truck with him. He tells them we're going to breakfast for our team meeting, and he says, oh, I'll just drop you a pin. I'll tell you where we're going. He begins to drive at 60 miles per hour all over the town of Stillwater in zigzags, dropping different pins, telling them that that's where we were eating breakfast. Um, My team eventually got so upset that one person went back crying. Father Lawrence went back to St. John's. um, And he met us at a gas station outside of town after about 30 minutes of this driving around everywhere. And his lesson was that we were investing in students that had different priorities than us, and they would be taking us places, and we didn't know where they were going. Oh, dear. Except for he didn't realize that he was teaching us that that is exactly what it would be like to work for him. We have no idea where he's going. <laughs> where ever. are we going next? What is happening? Yeah, but he he really is like the greatest blessing that we have here. Um, his energy, his zeal, his love for the Lord is like really inspiring for a lot of students. So, Amen. Yeah, we're really grateful for him. Yes. All right. Well, that wasn't. Like, Sorry if you hear that. That wasn't father. too bad. <laughs> we loved talking, every moment of it. Talking no about him. No one cried. <laughs> talking about him behind his back. I wrote it's one of my pastimes. I'm just kidding. I don't like to do that. Okay, so when the uh, when the focus guys were on uh, back in in November, they they had like a little uh, kind of a little discussion about like men like men's spirituality. Mm-hmm. What makes uh, what what do men need to know about loving the Lord? And so I kind of wanted to to sort of one up one up that you know and like and like what from your from your angle right you're, as women you work with a lot of college age women specifically. What what do like women need to know about out there? So people who listen to this podcast basically are like my family, Father Carey's family, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. So for if somebody else comes on board and tries to listen to the show, what what do women maybe kind of teenagers, college age, what are the women out there? What what makes women special in terms of their spiritual life? What would you what would you say to that? Well, coming from personal experience, I think women have a deep sense of intuition, which I think 
has played a huge effect in my own spiritual life of listening to those deeper desires within my heart, not necessarily. Sometimes it can be a little discouraging when you hear people say like, oh, Jesus told me this or that. And sometimes I'm like, Jesus, I didn't hear. You never told me. I didn't hear any bold (laughs) words in my prayer. But what I've learned is these deeper desires, desires to be chosen, desires to be loved, desires to be, you know, known and cared for. Those are the things that will come up in my heart. And those are the ways that the Lord truly speaks to my heart and the ways that he wants to fill those certain desires or voids that I might feel, which I feel, yeah, women sometimes we can act on those desires in different ways and be hurt by different people or ourselves um, in the sense of comparison. But yeah, the Lord truly does work in these deeper intuitive parts of our hearts and our ability and capacity to love other people is so deep and beautiful and yes yeah. amanda what would you say hmm. would you would you agree with that yeah is leanne spouting lies <laughs> i don't think no. so no father have you ever heard of the feminine genius yes how, how would you describe yeah. that to all your listeners oh my gosh <laughs> that's why i was asking you <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, wish you could see how red his face. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, I think women, I think Leanne hit it that women have, um, a certain set, a certain sense, uh, a certain, uh, kind of it, not, in, this is not in a bad way, kind of a certain sensitivity to mm-hmm. the promptings that the Lord puts in their heart. And so and that plays out and, you know, in all sorts of ways. But that, I mean, that's certain. that's been my experience with the women of faith that I know, starting with kind of my grandmother and mom and, and then other women I've come to know, uh, there is just a deep sense of uh, kind of longing for, uh, to, to, to care for, mm-hmm. nurture, uh, that, is, that is just unparalleled. That, yeah. men, that men don't, don't have or we have in much smaller amounts. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about this a little bit in uh, prayer this morning. And I think men are called to an extremely beautiful vocation of the way that they're invited to. I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. (laughs) To lay their lives down um, for their bride, whether it's the church or whether it's literally their bride. Um, But if you think of Christ on the cross, um, when his heart was pierced, you know, his heart near his ribs, um, where a woman was created from Adam. Oh, hey! It's like that, yeah, that's exactly like where the heart of woman is um, to get to be so close to the sacred heart of the Lord. And, and not that men are not, but there's a, a particular way that women get to experience the piercing of his heart. Um, and this can look like so many different sufferings in our life. A lot of things that, you know, Leanne mentioned in our our desire to receive love, but also our desire to give love. I mean, women like literally get to bear life. Um, and so I think that's just like part of the beautiful vocation of being a woman. Yes. Where did you learn that? Or how did you, I mean, that's all from your experience. You read something. What would you, what should women be reading out there? What do you give to college students who are like trying to? Yeah. So focus gives us actually a lot of really good resources. There is one particular Bible study. I've actually never done it, but it is on the feminine genius. So, um, a lot of, uh, JP2's teachings, um, from his like letter to women, um, Mulieris dignitatum exactly. on the dignity of women. Things yeah. that you would yeah. know more than I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of really good Bible studies. Um, I honestly don't know what I've read. Maybe Leanne, you've read something, but I'll, a lot of that has just come from my prayer. <laughs> what about scripture? Scripture wise, what's, what's, what, what, What's out there for the ladies? So my one of my favorite, probably my favorite um, passage from scripture that I feel 
definitely describes the spirituality of women and how much Jesus cares for women is the woman at the well. So oh, the yeah. Samaritan woman at the well, John chapter four, um, because yeah, it just shows how much the Lord cares for us. And in the midst of any sort of um, any sort of mess or any sort of you know things that might pull us away from Him, He is always there, waiting at the well for us, and He's waiting, mm. dripping sweat. Um, for this woman to bring her gross jug of water to him. And he's like, I want it all. And I want to give you something more. And yeah, that passage is something that I go back to all the time, um, just to see and be redeemed by the Lord again and again. Yeah. So Dang. That's a really John good 4, one. check it out, ladies. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think another really good one that I hear at Seek every year is uh, God made Adam first, right? And then he said that Adam wasn't fit to be alone and he needed for himself a helper. I don't really know how a lot of women out there feel about being a helper um, to men, but there's actually like a really beautiful complementarity that comes uh, with being a woman and being a part of the body of Christ and knowing that actually as women, we have very particular gifts. Um, no doubt. Yeah, to offer to the body of Christ and knowing that, yeah, we're not any less actually because we're women, but there's a beautiful, beautiful um, equality that comes from that that I'm sure our society doesn't quite um, get to see. Well, and we're kind of in a, in a culturally, we're kind of, it seems like moving towards like the trying to eliminate distinctions between mm-hmm men and women i think to to our detriment right uh because each of them as you kind of said each of each each men and women each bring what the world needs at right. different times and in different you know and so when you i love like working with engaged couples you know and talking talking about like their complementarity mm-hmm. not physically certainly but uh you know kind of okay you're good at this and you're good at this and you're you know you here's what you bring to the relationship or like to childbearing and here's what you know and here's what you bring right and I think a lot of people just kind of miss that. Yeah. You, you see that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who? I think it was Lisa Cotter. Uh, she was one of the speakers at Seek, and she gives this awesome analogy. Um, imagine that you're a woman and you're laying in bed with your husband, and you have two beautiful children laying in their beds fast asleep. An intruder comes in. Uh, what is it immediately are you going to do? No, she's not going to lay in bed and, oh, I'm a damsel in distress. Like, please save me. No, immediately they're both going to go into protector mode. Her husband's going to get up, get a weapon or something to go um, fend the family. Confront. Confront. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And and the wife is going to run immediately to her children to block them with her body, do whatever she can to protect her family. And so it's not Ooh. that neither one good has job, a Lisa role Cotter. in that. Yeah, I know. Lisa Cotter, she says that one. It's so, so good. But it's not that neither one has a role in that. Um, they're just different and they're both necessary. That's amazing. Amen. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay, what do you find among college women? What is what's what's wrong with them? What's what's <laughs> great what's wrong with them and what's great about them? What what is your in your in your combined what are you, oh, four I mean almost four three years, four years of combined working with college women? What what's out there? What are they facing? I think identity um, is one of the bigger ones, identity and who they truly are, which is a beloved daughter of God. Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah, there's just this kind of culture of brokenness within a lot of women's hearts, whether that comes from father wounds, whether that comes from wounds from men. Um, but it all roots back to do they know that they are loved 
and they are made to love and to be loved. Um, so, yeah, like I said, just this deeper longing for love that these women have and maybe feeling it with different things, whether that be socially, even academically sometimes is a hindrance, um, but always kind of rooting them back to actually you're made to be a daughter. And what is a daughter? What is a child? A child is someone who is dependent on their parent, who is receiving everything that their parent wants from them in a way that is natural and in a way that is wanting and desiring to be loved by their parent. Um, so yeah, I think that is one thing that I'm personally constantly going back to, but also getting to share that with women that I lead and get to lead of, do you know who you are? You're a daughter. And do they believe you? Most of the Sometimes. time. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might have to be repeated, you know, a few times or be said in different ways. Mm. Um, used in different analogies or sometimes, you know, just straight up um, in a blunt way. But, yeah, definitely I know the Lord is planting those seeds and I just have to continually trust. Nice. What do you find, Amanda? Um, I actually, I love getting to work with college women because everything that they struggle with is something that I've struggled with. Um, And I understand the desire to be loved, the desire to be cared for. But all of the different places there are to to grasp for that, to try to find their identity elsewhere, whether it's partying, whether it's in men, in friendships, whatever it is, um, they never feel like they're good enough. Um, but yes, yeah. that's ma- that's I think that nails it. Yeah, but I mean, I have to get my grades have to be better. I need to be in this sorority. I need, you know, and like who, for who, Yeah. who are you, who are you proving yourself to? Yeah. And I mean, it's something that we even struggle with still as missionaries. It's like, yeah, I want to be good enough for my students, for my teammates, for um, anyone. um, And you never feel like you are. And that's exactly where the Lord speaks to tell you that simply because he breathed you into existence, simply because he laid down his life for you are more than enough. That's amazing. More, more college women should talk to you. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay, so we, um, so you're in in focus. How does like that work? Like you, who pays you? <laughs> Do you have? I mean, this is your job, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a full time. Right. You're both full time <laughs> focus missionaries. How does that work? Yeah, so we actually get the opportunity to fundraise our entire salary. That sounds. <laughs> scary huh no, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or hard i should say it's yeah it's one thing that actually freaks a lot of people out when they're considering applying for focus and it's actually been one of the greatest blessings of my job because what i do is i get to invite other people into the mission that i am doing hmm. on this campus so there's a lot of people um back home so friends family people in my parish at home a lot of people i didn't even know before i got this job that i got to invite to do this job so um, because they don't actually have the capacity to make disciples in the way that I'm doing, they're able to support me and walk with me in this way. Yeah, it's they're working a desk job and make, you know, they're a lawyer or something. Yeah. or a, And yeah. they <laughs> cut you a check every year, and mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. No, and like, how many people? How many people do you have? Well, I mean, I won't I have, hold you to an exact number. But yeah, like, I mean, it's normally a team of like 40 to 60 people okay, that we invite nice, into this. Nice. Yeah. And they, I mean, every month they support us and it's the best getting to go home and update them on, on what we're doing. And so, yeah, we're very, very grateful for everyone that supports us because without them, we, yeah, we couldn't do this. So you send out like new newsletters and mm-hmm. here's what's happening and yeah. here's all the conversions and, <laughs> exactly. You know. Wow. Leanne, how about you? Same, same deal? Yes. So it's actually really beautiful. Our, they are called, the people who support us are called our mission partners. So 
I just love that, you know, the name in itself of you are in partnership with us on this mission. It's not just us kind of going out solo, but we have the support team to come back to. You know, like when you think of a battle, you have this team to come back to and to support you, to fight with you in different perspectives and different ways of life. And it makes this job the more beautiful because when things might get a little discouraging, it's like I can look back and say, I have this team of people in back of me running with me, um, supporting me when I get these random letters in the mail saying, you know, I'm praying for you or this or that. Love it's it. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Okay, favorite saints, go. St. Therese of Lisieux. Oh, yes. St. <laughs> Mother Teresa and St. Peter. St. Peter. Peter, yeah. Yes. What's why? Why St. Peter? I mean, I'm not disagreeing with right. you in the least, but because he's the best, and he's so scared all the time, just like we all are. But the Lord called him to literally be the Pope. Yeah, I mean, literally the Pope, and, and he was so scared, and he laid down his life. And he did it. Lord. Yeah, he did it. That's amazing. And he knows the Lord's mercy probably the best. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Peter versus Judas. Go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a book or something? Uh, no, oh, but it, you okay. know, it just like yeah, a t- sort of a tale of two <laughs> right. ways of of going about it. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, we're at the end of our show. Wow, uh, unbelievable how quickly it goes. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Father Carey's not here. Uh, he'll be back though next week. But what a joy, Amanda George and Leanne Richardson, focus missionaries on the campus of Oklahoma State University. Uh, <coughs> check out the uh, the uh, OSU website, uh, Catholic Pokes dot. Com? Com. Something? Mm-hmm. And they're on social media and all that good stuff. Yeah. But anyway, this is Pastors of Pain. We are so glad you joined us. Have a great day. God bless you. Happy ordinary time. God bless. <laughs>